Weekend Breakfast on 702. Let's walk the talk. So, Nikki, it is once again that important time, the parenting feature, and it's lovely to have you in the studio. How are you? Thank you, Wasanga. It is amazing to be back here in person. Wow, first time in what two and a half years? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually getting used to being with around people again. <laughs> I know, but that's an interesting point that you make. You know, we've actually become so desocialized and kind of um, lived in these bubbles, these cocoons, <laughs> and it actually takes effort to get off the couch, stop binge watching Netflix. And get out there and socialize. And I've just actually returned from Khabaroni in Botswana where I was speaking to groups of teachers and parents. And I said, you know, we've watched children change with technology over the last sort of 15 years or so. But it took exactly two years for adults to switch to screens being their best friend and their companion. Mm. It took us far less time than it took the children. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at your title and I'm absolutely transfixed. Parenting and human potential experts. Can you just kick off? I'm, I'm absolutely, my mind and synapses are <laughs> snapping all over the place. I'm like, what could it be? It sounds exciting. <laughs> so, you know, parenting has been my, um, my focal point, uh, in terms of, you know, helping educators, helping parents over the past 25 years. Mm-hmm. But there's a very fine line between parenting and raising the next generation and Parenting yourself, self-leadership. And if you're in the world of work, leading your team. There are so many similarities and commonalities. And it's not a far, you know, Mm -hmm. um, a trip across that fine line. And so my work has expanded from parenting to human potential. Parents are raising the next generation of potential. Mm. Uh, and, and we ourselves as individuals or as leaders of teams are raising human potential every single day. So we need to empower and enable each other and elevate each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, our topic this morning <laughs> is, is actually the kitchen yes. and, you know, what you can actually do with the magic in the kitchen with your kids. And it is about empowering, elevating and enabling. And, and in terms of experiential learning, um, and when you're talking about the kitchens particularly, there's something that I use because I work a lot with um, schools and development, um, and I uh, volunteer a lot with uh, with with schools that are that are underprivileged. Something that I, w- I will never forget was being told that you can say to a child, "Go put the plate in the kitchen," or "Go put your plate in the kitchen so that we can wash the dishes and eat again." So, what is the difference in that? So you're giving them a why, a reason. The first one, go put your plate in the kitchen, is merely an instruction with no context. Go put your plate in the kitchen so that we can eat again gives them the context of the why, the reason. And, you know, everybody needs that context. It provides meaning Mm -hmm. for the experience. So meaning is huge. And we are always, as human beings, in search of meaning. Otherwise, things are happening in a vacuum that makes no sense to us 
whatsoever. So, Nikki, you can tell me if I've got some type of trait that I need to look at, but I don't deal well with just being instructed. However, if you rationalize with me and tell me I, I, I'm much more, I, I don't know, I'm not obstinate. I just have to understand why. And oftentimes it's thought of children, like the traditional way of raising kids, children should be seen, not heard. Do we need to rewire how you talked about self-leadership and training that do we need to rewire how we engage and think about children? Absolutely. You know, children are not brought into the world or born empty vessels. They actually come in full of potential and full of inner wisdom. And we have to help them to discover who they are in the process of raising them. We are not just molding and shaping them, but they actually come in as teachers to us as well. So it's a dance. It's a dance between parents and their children. It's a dance between teachers and their children, uh, the children that they raise. And I think what you're alluding to is micromanagement, actually. You know, are we merely here as instructors to micromanage every moment of every day for these children? Or are we here to help them on a journey of self-discovery? And this is critical because it goes back to what you were saying. Mm. Take the plate to the kitchen or take the plate to the kitchen because once it's washed up, we can use it again to eat again. Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure that we are parenting in such a way that we engender buy-in, buy-in from our children, buy-in to their own journey. We are not doing parenting to them. We are parenting in a sense with them. We are raising them with themselves. So it's about uh, allowing sparks to fly. But this does not mean that we don't have boundaries. This doesn't yes. mean we don't have rules. We don't need a lot of them, but we need just a few in, able, in order to help our children feel safe and secure. And because, as we know, if you're out in the street and driving in the traffic, if people don't obey the rules, there is chaos. Mm. So there has to be a degree of, um, shall we say, uniformity. Got it. Um, but within those boundaries, there is huge scope mm -hmm. For creativity And this is where the sparks fly So we know there are certain rules And like we're going to be talking about mm -hmm. um, You know, the kitchen and cooking There are certain rules in the kitchen You know, there's a hot stove mm -hmm. You learn not to touch the so hot stove Can I personalize this? Because I, I used to be naughty <laughs> As much as I like to rationalize my journey And say I was an interesting child To a certain extent If you turn the heat up The food's going to get made quicker so that was just the rational thing of a child. If I sneak in and I turn the heat up, we're going to eat quicker because it's quicker. How do you work past those boundaries? How do you communicate in a way where, like, I think it's jarring for children to have this healthy, friendly relationship and then all of a sudden, hey, not your jommy. It's jarring for kids and confusing. So how do we work through a transgression and just building that, okay, you did something wrong. This is the boundary. This is how we do it. Mm. So we need to have a relationship in which there is respect and authority. It doesn't mean we need to be authoritarian, and there's a big difference between the two. The authoritarian, draconian parent, do it as I say, do it now, do it this way. Um, you know, you, can, you need that in an emergency, 100%. In an emergency, you do what you're told. Okay. Um, in, in a normal everyday situation, there are agreements that we have with our children. 
And those agreements are things like we hang our, hang our towels up after yes. we bath because I'm not your servant. Yes. Uh, we do life together. Chores are the glue that keeps family together. And so everybody has to come to the table and do their part. And in a way, it's kind of like payment for being in the family Mm -hmm. is that we cooperate and we collaborate together. And yes, um, you know, you can experiment in the kitchen. What you're saying is if you put the heat up, the food might cook quicker, but it might also burn. Now, what is the byproduct of burnt food? Mm -hmm. Well, the taste changes considerably. In fact, it may not be edible anymore. So you only have to make that mistake once or twice to learn the lesson. And I think that's what you're really asking me is, do children have to live with the consequences of their actions? And sometimes we need to allow children to make mistakes in order to experience the consequences of their actions because children are concrete learners, especially under the age of about nine. Mm -hmm. If they don't experience something physically in a multisensory way, they're not going to get it. Mm. You know, they're not going to get it. If you say, don't drop the glass, it means nothing until they've seen a glass shatter. So that's what I mean by a concrete, multisensory learning experience. Children need a lot of those every single day in order to make sense of the world, to understand their place in it, and understand how they impact on the world. Mm, accountability to a certain extent. Uh, if we were to look at the kitchen and compare, um, for example, incidental learning versus formal learning, where would that apply? Formal learning is what we experience when we sit in a classroom, where there is a set curriculum, where we're going through from A to Z. Mm -hmm. We've got to go through those exact steps and everybody in the class is going through the same experience and it's reasonably instructional where experiential learning is learning on the run, learning by doing, Mm -hmm. project-based learning, and there are a small number of schools that are built on project-based learning is where children literally do in order to learn, less abstract. So abstract learning is very much reading and writing. Um, Experiential learning is the doing where you take the abstract concept like Mm -hmm. a recipe, for example. A recipe is the formal learning piece where we follow the instructions from instruction one, two, three, Mm -hmm. four, all the way to eight in order for the end product to work. But then say that, say it's a cake, for example. Um, You know, we follow the instructions to get it to work. And then when we decorate it, then we use our flair. Okay. Okay. That's where we use our creative flair. Children don't learn how to cook and do chores unless they learn with you. Mm -hmm. So it's, learning together, learning alongside, passing on skills as we go along. So you wouldn't give your eight-year-old child a recipe to follow unless they could read. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they can't read yet, you're going to have to read the recipe for them and probably do the steps with them. But the thing is, when you're invitational and you invite kids into Mm, the kitchen, mm. it's a science lab. And it comes alive because now you're going to let them learn how to break an egg. 
You know, that's magical for a child. And, and it's, it's a responsibility to learn how to crack and break I mean, break I know adults egg. who make omelets with um, eggshells in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. You know, so you learn to perfect the, the technique. You know, the first time they're probably going to break it in a thousand pieces. Yes. As a parent, be ready for that. How important is that response? They've spilled something, they've broken something, they've done something wrong in their kitchen. How important is your reaction and how does it affect them? It is unbelievably important that you are aware of how you're reacting. If your child spills over a glass of milk at the age of three, how you respond in that moment is going to impact on them for the rest of their lives. If you tell them they're a terrible boy and they're a naughty little girl and you smack them for accidentally spilling their milk versus saying something like this, oh dear, Quickly, come with me, let's go to the kitchen and get a cloth and let's clean it up together. Mm. You see the difference? We have a connection to fear in the first example. Mm -hmm. So learning the consequence and the impact of spilling a glass of milk was negative Mm -hmm. because you got into trouble versus the constructive response of, oh dear, it happens. Let's clean it up together and then we show them how. So you also learn transparency and communicating something that might have gone wrong instead of uh, perhaps being defensive and, and, and um, untruthful. And, and punishing, you know, um, you know, that kind of draconian mm-hmm. um, response because then they will fear making any kind of mistake in the future. Any kind of mistake, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of negative link to to something but if you think about you know spilling a glass of milk mm-hmm. there is also the whole you know how does it work how does it happen the glass falls over the contents empty so we had a full glass so listen to the language we're learning we had a full glass of milk now we have an empty glass and what if the glass breaks now we have to learn how to clean up the broken glass safely mm-hmm. because it's sharp and it can cut you and of course when you are in a moment of panic anxiety peaks um it's a flight or flight situation whereas if you can calm yourself you're able to think through it then react it's not like your child's caught in a burning room okay so let's keep perspective and this is another reason why i wanted to talk about the kitchen today mm-hmm. is because many parents keep their children away from the kitchen yes because they fear their children will cut themselves or burn themselves And so you eventually get to a point where your children are teenagers and they've never been allowed to cook. They've never been allowed to play in the kitchen, to be creative in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then they believe that they can't. So there's this, this thinking pattern that you set up of I don't know how and I can't. I'm a terrible cook. Versus being invitational and playful in the kitchen from a very early age, and you can do this from the age of three, where you get your kids in from the age of three Mm -hmm. and you give them the soft fruit and the soft vegetables for dinner and you give them a blunt knife Mm -hmm. and they cut a few slices under supervision, Mm -hmm. probably really badly. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really okay. Remember... We learn by doing and it's experimentation. And then as they get older, you know, by the age of six, they can learn how to grate the cheese. They can learn how to, um, uh, how to cut with a sharper knife. And by the age of nine, they should be able to cook a hot meal 
by themselves with a little bit of supervision, but they will have learnt over the years how to chop an onion, mm -hmm. how to create stock with mm. boiling water, how to cut chicken, how to stir a pot, how not to touch a hot stove, how you need yes. oven mitts to take things out of the oven. And of course, you are supervising them. You are with them. And that's the beauty of cooking in a kitchen with children is there's a sense of togetherness. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a sense of fun. There's a sense of we're, we're creating something because if you think about ingredients, they change state when we cook. They change state. Just take the egg because mm -hmm. that's what we were talking about. Yes. The egg changes state from the slimy, you know, stuff that comes out of the inside of an egg to say, for example, you're making a cake. You, or you're making meringues. You have to beat those egg whites mm -hmm. until they change from the see-through tr transparent slimy stuff to the satiny white foam. I think we're talking about process here because you can say, Mommy, I followed all the instructions and then it just doesn't work. Of course. But clearly you didn't follow the but instructions. That's, that's the science because you mustn't overbeat the eggs. You mustn't get any fat in the egg whites because then they will also flop. Um, and then you need to add things like sugar to the eggs and you're incorporating air into the eggs which is going to make the cake rise so think of the science behind all of this it's really um it's it's miraculous you know that we can do this so to pique your child's curiosity um and when you make meringue versus making a cake mm. versus making an omelet versus making nougat or pancakes the process is different to get a different result now, isn't that fascinating? Mm, is. Isn't that amazing learning for children that there is so much that they can learn just from using the simple egg in a different way? And the great thing about being in the kitchen and experimenting with ingredients is that they get the multisensory experience of eating it at mm -hmm. the end. So they really internalize that learning on so many different levels. They learn how you need to add acid. Uh, two things. So take the egg again mm -hmm. and add a liquid to the egg like oil. And then you add an acid like vinegar or lemon and you create an emulsion called mayonnaise. Oh, that's, that's English. That is science. So many things. <laughs> exactly. So many things. And at the same time, we're building confidence yes. in our child and life skills that are going to last them a lifetime. And they'll never sit in a restaurant and see mayonnaise and think of mayonnaise in the same way again because now they understand that there were at least three ingredients that went into that. They were processed in a specific way. Yes. And then we added seasoning to make it taste, you know, in however we wanted it to taste. And I just absolutely love the fact that children can build their confidence as we go along. So mm -hmm. you start with something really simple, like how to make jelly out of a packet. You know, that's simple. Yeah, jelly is fascinating. I remember my grandmother once said that she could make bubble gum. I was like, no, no, I'm still waiting. <laughs> this yeah. is fascinating because I was like, you can make bubble gum. You can make cake. The idea that we could make our own cake and cookies was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. You know, it was my birthday on Monday this past week. And on Sunday, we had a high tea. Now, in my family, we are all cooks and we are bakers. And everybody brought something for tea. And there was this lovely, you know, table groaning with food. <laughs> and um, 
and and if you you know looking at all these these different uh, you know creations that people had made from liver pate to mousses to cakes to meringue um, and it it was just such a celebration and I asked my mum specifically she always makes the birthday cakes it's the, the tradition that my mum has made every grandchild's birthday cake for their whole lives and she has seven grandchildren and every year it's what would you like and it was character cakes when they were little and it was number cakes and it was you know poo bear and it was noddy and it was whatever they wanted they got Nikki, they, sorry we just we're just running out of time yeah. so i just want to deal with worst case scenario for our families who are not so inclined with the cooking how do you work with disappointment and gradually just you know getting there getting in the kitchen okay it flopped let's do it again how do you work with disappointment mom i used all the recipes i followed all the instructions didn't work (laughs) how do you encourage okay didn't work let's do it again so we have to look at all the variables you know and why didn't it work we overbeat over we overbeat it overbeat the eggs (laughs) maybe the oven was too hot um, maybe we didn't fold the ingredients in properly. So we go back to process. What I like about baking is it's part whole relationships, you know, and we have to really be quite awake to the, the steps, um, the, the method, how we do it, um, the equipment we use. The fine details, mm. paying attention to details. Sometimes we skip out a step. And I think watching something like MasterChef is brilliant for kids because they see things flop. It's an experiment. Most of the time things work. But every now and again there is a flop. And it is one of those moments where we have to go back to the drawing board. We have to see what we can learn from the failure in order to do better next time. And therein lies the lesson. Sure, that is amazing. And just for our listeners who are tuning into the tail end of our discussion, outside of the podcast, Nikki, where can we get a hold of these wonderful insights? Our topic, of course, have been cooking and the various lessons that can be learned in the kitchen. Um, we're always focusing on the parenting section. Where can some of our listeners get a hold of uh, small insights and right. parenting? So um, we, you've, you've got my book on tap, Future Proof Your Child for the 2020s and Beyond. And there's a whole section on building a family brand and cooking. Cooking is such a part of building your family brand as I wanted my granny's biscuits for my birthday, (laughs) which my mum baked for me. And then you can continue the conversation with me on Facebook at my Closed Parenting Matters Facebook group. And that has been one of my, you know, Nikki is one of my favorite people to speak to. We've been chatting about parenting and human potential. Um, Of course, um, Nikki is an expert in this and um, the importance and the lessons we can learn in the kitchen. Nikki, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been great to be back. Thank you.